Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Um, I'm going to talk tonight about a period uh, of the Second World War that gets very little attention uh, and it is the uh, British campaigns, really the the Indian Army campaigns in Iraq. Um, And the the reason why I think this is important to look at is firstly it shows the the kind of the, the shaky state of the British Empire in 1940-1941 the the vulnerability of um, Britain uh, and its communications between its Asian Empire uh, and uh, the Mediterranean it shows you the importance of oil and the importance of um, the, the, the kind of the continuing strategic and geopolitical importance of Iraq um, that had been the, the the product of kind of British post-war machinations and have obviously has continued to be uh, a, a, an object of kind of Western uh, interference uh, and uh, kind of uh, colonialism and the, the, the kind of the, the bloodshed and violence that that's brought with it uh, into the 21st century. 
Um, I'm looking at an excellent book. I've mentioned it before. Srinath Raghavan's India's War, The Making of Modern South Asia, 1939-45. Really good from a whole host of ways. Very interesting uh, part social history, part military history, which is what I think great military history books can be. Um, Srinath Raghavan writes... An erstwhile province of the Ottoman Empire, Iraq had been occupied by Britain during the First World War. The Indian Army had played an important role in its conquest. Nearly 675,000 Indian troops had been deployed in Iraq. Uh, and although the Indian Army had suffered a humiliating defeat at Kut Alamara in 1916, obviously the, the Indian Army, um, with uh, British soldiers as well, was besieged at Kut. Uh, it was sent up the, the, the Tigris River, besieged at Kut. And, and trapped there um, and uh, the surviving prisoners were treated appallingly by the, 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 the Turkish army. Um, after its defeat at Kut, it had gone on to occupy the country. After the war, Iraq was administered by Britain as a League of Nations mandated territory. The outbreak of a major rebellion in 1920 had led London to turn again to India for its troops uh, eventually, the country was granted independence under the Anglo-Iraqi Treaty of 1930, and British troops departed in 1937. Under the terms of the treaty, however, Britain retained the right uh, to use Iraqi facilities in the event of war. In turn, Britain supplied equipment and advisers to the Iraqi armed forces. Britain uh, worked uh, well, controlled Egypt in roughly the same way um, after the Second World War uh, with the withdrawal of British troops except in the canal zone and the, on the proviso that the British can pretty much return uh, when they feel like and obviously this was all um, upset by the advent of a nationalist leader Colonel Nasser to, to power. Iraq was of considerable strategic importance to Britain, writes Srinath Raghavan. For one thing there was oil Pumped from the British-controlled fields in Mosul and Kirkuk, Iraq flowed through the pipeline. Um, Iraqi oil, I beg your pardon, th flowed through the pipelines to the ports of Haifa in Palestine and Tripoli in Syria. Moreover, the Iraqi port of Basra was the principal outlet for the main Iranian oil fields owned by the Anglo-Iranian oil company just across the frontier at Abadan. The Middle East accounted for only 5% of world oil production in 1941. The United States produced 83%. Yet American neutrality and German, and, and German ability to interdict supplies crossing the Atlantic lent great importance to the cheap oil coming out of the Middle East. Later in the war, um, President Roosevelt uh, made a, a personal visit to see Ibn Saud, the king of Saudi Arabia and made all sorts of arrangements that America would have first refusal on Saudi oil in perpetuity. Um, the, the, the stats here are actually quite illuminating about how little um, Middle Eastern oil accounted for global oil supply in 1941. This, of course, you know, radically changes after the Second World War, and it radically changes after the Second World War uh, mainly because of the, the huge expansion in uh, living standards 
throughout the first world particularly and throughout um, the the third world in the 1960s and 70s this thirst for oil it really represents this vast kind of expansion in driving and aviation in um, oil powered fire um, uh, oil fired power stations uh, and the like by the same token um, if these oil fields fell under German domination, let alone control, it would deal a huge blow to Britain. So Iraq is at the epicentre of a, uh, a, a, re a resource war that is being fought. Um, the German uh, war machine exceedingly hungry for oil. And up until this point, if you're reading, uh, if you read Sean McMeekin's book, Stalin's War, he makes the point that uh, up until obviously the advent of Barbarossa, one of the reasons for the deterioration in uh, Nazi Soviet relations is the fact that Stalin so clearly has the Nazi, Nazi Germany by the throat when it comes to the supply of oil. Um, Hitler doesn't seem to have been that concerned about um, diversifying uh, before uh, Barbarossa. Um, for example, the plan to interfere, as we shall find out about, the plan to interfere in, in Iraq seems to be almost one of the kind of Nazi Germany sort of fishing expeditions to see what can be uh, achieved, whether uh, it's possible you might be able to cause some serious dis inconvenience for, for the British. Um, there doesn't seem to be that much focus on seizing the oil fields in order to replace uh, the oil from the Soviet Union that Nazi Germany is dependent upon. All the evidence points towards the idea that um, the way Hitler saw things was you quickly, uh, you wage a lightning war against the Soviet Union and seize the oil very, very rapidly, uh, obviously before your own reserves run out. Moreover, Iraq was an important link, writes Srinath Raghavan, um, to imperial communications. It provided a land bridge from the Mediterranean to India, a route that would be of great value in sustaining British forces in Egypt if the Suez and Red Sea routes were closed. British air bases in Iraq, especially at Habaniya and uh, near Baghdad and Shaiba near Basra, were important stops on the air route to India, the Far East and Australia. Obviously, in uh, our time of being able to uh, fly non-stop from London to Sydney or from LA to Singapore, uh, we forget that um, people like Churchill and Roosevelt, when they did uh, head to international treaties, were often in a kind of fairly uncomfortable um, uh, 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 uncomfortable and cramped uh, flying uh, arrangements. I think Churchill had been uh, in a, a number of Lancasters and they had to be stopovers for fuel. You, you have to have stop-off places because of the, the, the range uh, of aircraft at that time. Um, so Iraq's really important for a number of reasons. Um, and of course it, it's having uh, the problem that the British Empire faces throughout its final years of kind of resurgent nationalism. 
from the standpoint of India, um, the uh, Viceroy of India, Lord Linisco, and the uh, Chief of General, the Commander in Chief in India, Claude Orkinlek. Um, Iraq was important on the two more counts. Firstly, it was an integral part of the external defence strategy of India. Not only did Iraq border Iran, but, but controlling the mouth of the Persian Gulf at Basra um, was regarded as indispensable to the wider security of India. As the Chiefs of Staff put it, if Iraq and Iran become subservient to the Axis powers, our enemies would be at the gates of India. Second, Developments in Iraq would inevitably impact on the Arab littoral states uh, and on Saudi Arabia, which, fell, which all fell under the Raj's sphere of influence. In particular, India's ability to use the area from Bahrain to Kuwait would depend on a friendly regime in Iraq. And so, again, it's really interesting to think of um, India that hadn't got dominion status within the British Empire, wasn't like Canada or... Australia having its own spheres of influence that uh, and, and we can think of, of India having its own uh, India as a direct colony of uh, Great Britain having essentially its own foreign and strategic policy obviously not run by Indian politicians run by white British uh, viceroys and uh, commanders-in-chief but still uh, having uh, a distinct strategic outlook uh, that isn't entirely the similar, uh, similar to that of, of, of the British Empire and able to take um, decisions that are um, semi-autonomous and devolved. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Just, of course, as long as Indian politicians, uh, the, the, the British government is satisfied that Indian politicians, Indian nationalist politicians, aren't really part of that process. At the outbreak of the war, writes Srinath Raghavan, Iraq was ruled by a pro-British regent and an equally well-disposed government. 
Prime Minister Nouri al-Said promptly accepted British demands to sever diplomatic ties with Germany and provide assistance to Britain. The alacrity with which he acted gave a handle to his opponents. Britain's role in the affairs of an ostensibly independent Iraq was already a rallying point for the opposition. The Palestinian problem provided another. The presence in Baghdad of the exiled Mufti of Jerusalem, Amin al-Husseini, further fuelled anti-British and anti-Jewish politics. The opposition included a group of four senior colonels of the Iraqi army, known popularly as the Golden Square, who were fired by the vision of a pan-Arab state and harboured pro-Axis sympathies. Here you find that the um, pro-Axis sympathies that you, uh, that you get under uh, Arab nationalist leaders, um, the uh, later um, uh, Prime Minister of Egypt, Anwar Sadat, was a, uh, a Nazi agent in Cairo, um, and there was widespread uh, antipathy, uh, or loathing, really, of the British army in, in Egypt. And probably if... Um, ordinary Egyptians had to put up with uh, white British soldiers uh, behaving in their typical manner as you can imagine they would would have been hugely unpopular the British had been in Egypt since 1882 um, and had been uh, a a, a generally uh, enormously disliked by the locals um, and so th- there is across this this region, which is simply um, the Arab parts of the Ottoman Empire carved into states in 1919, um, with the ex- exception of Egypt. Egypt wasn't carved up at the Paris Peace Conference um, for the benefit of um, the British and the French, for the most part. Who, of course, um, squabbled and behaved generally very badly towards one another uh, in uh, Iraq and Syria. The the, the the yearning for a kind of a, a, a pan-Arab state uh, is immense, and it's hardly surprising that in the post-war era, uh, characters like Nasser uh, eventually managed to achieve some degree of pan-Arabism uh, uh, across the entire region. Um, that's a kind of story for another time, however. Um, the extent to which pro-Axis sympathies among Arabs uh, meant that the Arabs really shared um, the uh, kind of Nazi views is very, very limited. I, I doubt it was based on that at all. And some uh, kind of disingenuous uh, reportage in, in recent years has tried to kind of link people like the Mufti of Jerusalem to the Nazis. And, well... Um, well, he did go and he did visit the Führer, but it was a kind of very much a, uh, a a visit of pure convenience to see if there was anything that could be done to dislodge the um, uh, dislodge the British and uh, Jewish um, settlers in Palestine, uh, and whether the Nazis, the Nazi regime, would be the, the regime to do that. The kind of uh, I think it was the History Channel or something like that. Did a uh, was the uh, uh, the Mufti uh, and therefore uh, the PLO, the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, was I think Yasser Arafat's grandfather. Were, were they therefore Nazis and then therefore is kind of 
Arab nationalism sort of like Nazism and it's like well no obviously um, it's, it's <laughs> of course not um, Nuri al-Said uh, Nuri al-Said uh, initially tried to balance his pro-British policy with pan-Arab politics uh, writes Srinath Raghavan and surprisingly he failed and he was replaced by Prime Minister Rashid Ali El Galani Galani in March 1940. A former lawyer and judge, Rashid Ali um, had opposed the government's unconditional support for Britain's war effort. The subsequent course of uh, the war seemingly confirmed his belief that Britain's hegemony in the Middle East, it, Middle East was on the wane. In June 1940, when Italy entered the war, he refused to break ties with Rome. Rashid Ali was also reluctant to acquiesce to Britain's demand to allow its troops to pass through Basra to Palestine. Most importantly, he opened a secret channel of communication with the Axis powers. In shaping Axis policy in the area, Germany allowed Italy to take the lead while reserving the right to, to, to take its share of Middle Eastern oil. The Italians were eager to supplant the British in the region and had no interest in the independence of the Arab states. The pan-Arab pro-Axis politicians in Iraq uh, had to satisfy themselves with a joint, pro-Axis, uh, joint declaration by Berlin and Rome in October 1940, which really expressed full sympathy with the Arab cause. Um, one, of, one of the kind of the, the propaganda lines that uh, fascist Italy and Nazi Germany came out with was uh, that um, Britain was a, a, a terrible imperialist, and that um, which you know, given subsequent events, uh, rather takes the biscuit for a kind of rank hypocrisy. But that the, the, the arrogance of the British had meant that the world had been carved up exclusively for them, and it was time now for. Uh, a kind of a reset, uh, it's kind of a resettlement of um, colonial affairs. Hitler's not very interested in Middle Eastern or African colonies. He's interested in oil, um, but obviously his interests are in colonising Eastern Europe and Russia. I think Hitler was happy to leave what he viewed as uh, large tracts of sand in in uh, the hands of uh, Italy as long as they could have the useful uh, raw materials that, that, that came from there. Um, the German Foreign Office felt the Arabs were a tremendously important power factor but their utility should not be overestimated. We have no reason at all to be sentimental about these people who are basically anti-European and torn by religious, family and tribal differences. The British began leaning on the region to rid them of uh, Rashid Ali but the attempt to prize him out of power went awry, leading to the bloodless military coup by the Golden Square on the 31st of March 1941. Rashid Ali was reinstated as Prime Minister and the Regent took refuge in the American legation in Baghdad. By the way, for clarification, when Srinath Raghavan is talking about the, um, the Regent, he's talking about Faisal II, who was Faisal of Iraq's grandson. Um, he was later murdered in a, a violent coup in 1958. Um, the British were obviously preoccupied with um, 
the campaigns in and around North Africa and the Mediterranean. The problem here is that uh, Iraq, there are fair, precious few troops to send to Iraq. Um, there is the question of uh, preparing a, a task force from India and um, landing it in Basra. This requires the permission, almost the kind of the cooperation of Rashid Ali, and they have to do a delicate, very delicate political dance there, um, because this, you know, is going to inflame nationalist sentiments. There seems to be um, no good reason, no justification for landing uh, a force from India, um, other than the sense, the suspicion that um, the British might lose Iraq. To the axis. The um, as we'll see, and I'll be doing another podcast on this one. The the British feared that, um, or they intercepted intelligence that showed that Syria, which was in the hands of the Vichy French regime, would be the staging point for uh, either a, a German intervention in Iraq. Uh, or a route by which arms and uh, other assistance could be smuggled uh, into Iraq to help facilitate some kind of um, uh, uprising. Um, and people like um, Alkinek and particularly Archibald Wavell um, had been looking with mounting alarm at what was about to happen in Iraq and they could quite easily see um, that the uh, Axis powers could score a very easy victory over Great Britain using the forces of, um, of Arab nationalism in order to, to do so. Um, so what I'm going to continue this one um, hopefully next week because there are some, as I said, some really interesting dynamics here and it, um, it tells you kind of a lot about Britain's uh, you know, both sides need for oil and um, uh, communications uh, to Asia, between Europe and Asia during the Second World War. But also, it provides really valuable context for understanding um, various struggles over uh, oil and European colonialism in the Middle East after the Second World War. And when we get onto James Barr's brilliant book, uh, Lords of the Desert, which I really intend for us to uh, kind of dig into in the next few months, that'll, that'll, that'll take us on quite a journey uh, all the way through to the, the kind of the mid to late 1960s, um, how the British and the Americans uh, basically were each other's worst enemies in the Middle East. Anyway, thanks for listening as ever, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Take good care, everybody. All the best. Bye-bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 